gonna sound great in the middle of the intro. Thank you for doing that. Welcome to another episode of Flex Post. I am Jason Lacey. That uh, horny Wookie you heard was Lucas Rose himself. Oh, that's not my horny Wookie. You haven't heard my horny. Wookie. I bet my when you Wookie. see it, when you see it, you'll know I why know. I made that that horrible noise. Oh, let me guess. The stream's broken. Not yep. broken. Mostly just awful, though. Why does this always happen? Why because, am I you? Because this dumbass program, if I resized our the window for the for our chat program here, it just does okay, whatever it wants. Let's see if I can get in the shot. This side? Nope. This side? Where is it? There I am. There I am. I... <laughs> it do whatever it want to do. It uh, this is why you guys need to come to twitch.tv slash We stream this shit show live for the time being on Tuesdays, 830-ish Eastern time. We'd love to have you here. Like Mr. Tom Servo is here in the chat. Hello, sir. Lucas, while Lucas fixes the overlay, I'm going to do give you the rundown. I already gave you the Twitch. We have a Discord. Flexibles.com slash Discord gets you there. And we've got the whole patreon we call them the legion check out patreon.com slash for all the details no other housekeeping to attend to this week how about that wow thanks owen wilson hey i hear you're going to be on loki that's nice isn't that nice that's nice yeah Lucas. Pretty much. <sighs> yes sir. it's been a week my friend it's been a week and what a week it was another week of unsuccessfully scheduling safe space yes that is true Maybe we're just not meant to do anything extra. <laughs> we can barely hit the bare minimum. How are we supposed to do extra? I think that's what, that's the key takeaway. The show will have to go bi-weekly at some point, because then we can use that extra week t- to actually do the extra things we said we would do. It's true. <sighs> I'm sorry, everyone. We just... I mean, this is how I got through high school, so doing the bare minimum. I, we need barely Jed, doing the bare we, minimum. I need a Jeff Goldblum wave to play all the time for our Life finds a way, because it's true. life always finds a way. It's true. But people didn't come here to hear us complain about our lives. That's what IRL is for. You want to talk? <clears throat> so what you playing at the top of the house? Uh, Yes, I, mean, I do want see, to. You know what's coming. I don't know what to do. Oh, okay. how, there you go. I mean, how do I How do I serve it up? How do I throw the softball up to you? To no, hit? I was still fixing the I, stream. How do I lob it to you so you're ready and able to come in like you know it's coming every time. Not have the stream broken. <laughs> well, that's going to happen every week by some way, shape, or form. It's true. I mean, you're not going to touch those settings. We're going to come back here next week and something it's else gonna is going to be messed stupid. up. I mean, something is messed up every single week. Am I am I stretching the truth? Not at all. Saying that? Not at all. Why is something broken every week? That doesn't make any sense anymore. We've done this for six years. How is something always broken every week? My guess is because we don't pay for anything, and so that's like a uh, that's a pay for feature. If you pay us five dollars, we'll make it so your settings are remembered. But like when you stre- if you stream a, ge- a, ke- a game, for instance, is your stream broken? Um, how often when you go to stream is it messed up? Well, I have pretty much everything except for the game off at this point because I don't. Who wants to see me streaming? I mean, I'm just sitting here at my computer doing nothing. Uh, but no, it's not usually like broken. Podcast. However, there are much less. Oh, there are a lot less moving parts to me streaming, though. Just irritating, man. It is irritating. 
Just fuck it. Let's three hundred. Let's just make just it quit. official. Episode three hundred is the last show. We're done. <laughs> Good night. We shut the site down. We like release it. Episode's up for forty eight hours. We shut the site down. We kill the feed. Everything. Just walk away, Michael Bay style. Flick the match. Slow motion explosion. <laughs> done. It's true. Put on sunglasses. We're done. Deal with it. But until then. <laughs> All right, that's the show. See you next week. Nope. One step closer. <laughs> nice. Some days I feel like that, man. A lot of days I just feel like that. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Not usually. <laughs> What's up, dude, Reno? Well, uh, all right, let me tell you some things, man. Okay, tell me some things. I talked about it on Nintendo Shack because I launched it and I got to play it for like 10 minutes. Little did I know that was like almost most of the game. 1980X released uh, two weeks ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's on the Switch. It's on, I think, various platforms. I think. I haven't looked into that too much, so I can't tell you specifically. I will check. Um, this game, only, you can finish this game in an hour. Uh, it's 10 bucks. It's on Steam. It's on Steam, okay. Retails for 10 bucks. One hour gameplay. Some people might be turned off that. I don't feel slighted by that because the enjoyment and the experience I had, I think was worth it to me. Uh, it's, it is like playing in video game form, a 1980s movie. It really is. It tells the story of like, you're just this nondescript kid growing up in the suburbs. Life isn't that great. Find a new life in the arcades and then escape into the, the glow of the arcade cabinets. It's got this, synth wave soundtrack that's phenomenal which is almost Ooh. worth the 10 bucks alone i love the soundtrack and really it just it there's a little bit of a narrative that introduces each piece and there's just various 1980s gameplay it's like a love letter of greatest hits of the arcade genre so the very first game you play is a beat em up streets of rage clone and uh, then you play uh, something like an outrun clone then there is uh, a shoot 'em up, kind of like a not defender, but yeah, you know, uh, more like R type, I guess I would say, type of experience. Um, there's like a first person weird Tronish RPG, um, something that I would uh, liken to Shinobi. And I think that's everything. There might be one more game in there I'm missing. You know, none of them. You have unlimited continues. If you die, you just get to keep, keep trying. And it was just. Um, I don't know. There's some. It's got some emotional moments in the in the brief storytelling, but the experience was just really cool. And I think, I mean, I think there's just a lot of talk and people argue about uh, game prices and hours of gameplay. And you're, you know, we've talked about what, how do, how do you, how do you compare that? How do you put a value on exa- the amount exactly, of time? Exactly, and. So, I don't know. There's something about just sitting down and having that quick experience and being done with it. And I was like, ah. Oh. So I mean, if you want to wait for a sale, but I, I was, I was not. Um, now that I have time to kind of let it congeal and sift through my feelings, I, I don't feel disappointed. Congeal. <laughs> <laughs> it was an enjoyable. It was an enjoyable game. So that's 1980X. Um, also, in my indie buying spree, I picked up Sayonara Wild Hearts. Which I didn't really know much about. Uh, I thought it was like I heard it was like a rhythm game. Um, I don't know what to make on this, and it, it, I think it was kind of pretty well positively received. 
I don't know what I'm feeling about this. I think I'm, I've maybe put an hour or two into it and it's got a great soundtrack kind of poppy, but like, there's not a lot of, I was expecting like a more rhythm based gameplay. And a lot of it's just like, you're moving through a various, um, scenario and you're collecting, I like junk on the screen and you get a score based on collecting said junk and you have to get oh so it's a collectathon kind x of level score to get a certain ranking they have gold silver and like bronze ranking so imagine like you're like on a motorcycle and you have to drive and collect like four stars in a row and they're on various positions on the screen okay. that's how you build up a score and there's a, occasionally there's been a part where there's like a fighting or action sequences and i've had to you have to time the button press but it doesn't really feel like there's like a a circle that you know the the radical like shrinks and you to time the button press right but it doesn't really feel like in beat with the music or what's going on so it's really weird i know and tom mentioned the chat i know donnie was really was really big on this and i just i don't know it's it's been fun but i don't know like if you make one mistake you're not going to get the gold rank which is frustrating as a near like if it's on a longer segment you got to replay everything again i just I don't know. I'm going to keep playing it, but right now I'm just, I don't know. Not really for me, and that's coming from someone like I really liked, um, you know, Guitar Hero and some of the more popular rhythm type games. You know, I would like more it's like rhythmic button presses and button sequences, but just having to move and collect items on the screen. So maybe like, maybe that evolves as we go on. I don't know. It's just, meh. Uh, Tom says you should do Thumper in VR. I've heard good things about that. I've heard the VR would probably be a really cool. Yeah, experience. I still need to do like Beat Saber as well. Isn't Thumper like uh, Tom? Isn't it like what type of music is that? Like EDM or what is the the audio style for that? Beat Saber, I would say yes. Do that definitely. A rhythm sure. violence game. That sounds like something I could get into. We did finish um, Sabrina that season. I will say the second half of the season was much better than the first. So. Um, I take oh, back. that's always good. So I, I would, I definitely wasn't feeling that first half. The second season, second half was a lot better. Uh, and finally, uh, the only thing I want to touch on, uh, I start, I've been playing Cuphead. I bought that that one on sale after the, again after the announcement about the the DLC coming in to Smash Bros. So it was like five bucks off. So I, I pulled the trigger and I bought Cuphead, and I like it, man. I you know, I forgot I, you had this. I was like, why is he buying this again? Thinking you had it on Steam, not no um, Xbox. Josh gifted it to us. Josh the Noise gifted it, copy to you on Steam. Yep. Was that yours? And yes. then mine was on Xbox. And I don't know if it's accessible through the Xbox PC application or not. Uh, I didn't ever, but I didn't even bother to take a look into it. And I wanted to play it on Switch anyway. Um, and it runs great. It looks great. I mean, it's, let's face it, it should run great. It's not a graphically. Demanding. overwhelming game yeah. but it's just very like stylistically you know i forget how much that game oozes character and style with that whole that grainy effect from the old you know the 1940s cartoons and just that you get that that airy sound yeah from, like the record you know playing it's just i just i love it it just looks like you're playing a cartoon i know people you know you, everyone knows what cuphead is about this part you know at this point but um i forget what kind of slog 
It is too. Um, I'm, I'm at this. Um, yeah, I am farther than I ever got on Xbox right now. I'm we were trying to figure that one. out because you had a typo and it could go either way. I'm no farther than I was or oh, I'm now farther yes, than I, I was. I am now farther. Further, and, uh, farther, whatever. I'm, I was just I was playing it on my break at work today. And there's this boss, man. It's getting the best of me. I think I really need to rework my my weapon upgrades and then it might be a little easier. But it's a fun game, man. I, I definitely like the boss battles more you know they have those i don't remember how much you played but you know you have those run and gun sections you can go through to get the coins yeah i got to the i I got i got to the um i got to the roller coaster like that whole section and everything i beat that i beat him earlier today some of that not all of it but the that whole uh adventure land or yeah or theme park thing that's that's the world i'm just about to finish up i'm on the like the last uh boss of that area the genie he's a dragon oh the genie is what was giving me problems like i almost Mm. got him one time and then i and then i screwed it up and i'm just like i don't want to find so many times i fail and i feel like i just have one hit and then when i finally do beat them i'm almost dead and you get like that last hit at the last second you get to hear them hear them say knockout you're like thank you jesus knockout (laughs) a ball is surely brewing and after you hear that like 80 times because you restarted over and over yeah i did forget i uh last thing the other other last thing i bought warcraft 3 reforged after the show last week are you mad I'm I'm so mad. Blizzard made all these promises that I had no idea, and it's just ugh. maybe it's better that you didn't know. I was looking it up because I didn't know either, and I mean I, I mean, can see I, why I people are mad. Yes, if that was if that was promised to give that was the product they were supposed to get, and then and the fact that there's bugs in this game that aren't in Warcraft Three. Yeah, and, that was the other thing I saw. They were gonna like, like redo the campaign, and it's exactly the same. They were gonna like re record audio and stuff they and redo the cinematics didn't do any of it do you feel like they kind of phone stuff in sometimes because like oh these idiots will just eat it up anyway <laughs> it feels that way but it, it's I mean, also like how blizzard does amazing stuff but well, then they, they fall amazingly I mean, do they really do amazing stuff okay I they mean, have done amazing stuff they have done i mean don't get me wrong i like blizzard but do you feel like they have overwatch and they have world of warcraft do they need to really do anything else anymore at this point they have yeah. two franchises that aren't games. They're they're evolving content, you know. Yeah, and they're, they're they, service almost at this point. They did Overwatch, right? Mm-hmm. So around that time, like right after that released, I feel like that's when everything kind of started to go downhill with them. Was when that game originally came out. It's like it, that got done, and then slowly things kind of came about that people hated like the the Diablo phone game and mm-hmm. and then all the others or what was the thing everyone was mad about because they basically supported China in the or Hong Kong. Kong it was about the Hong Kong protests yeah. and, and, and a Hearthstone competitor yeah. that had his his winnings stripped and then he was banned yeah because and then he, he protested against and all the yeah you know. did he protest the hero though <laughs> he should have <laughs> Here's what I don't get though. Do you think do you think they'll ever do a Warcraft World of Warcraft 2? Do you think they'll ever do like or do you think it's always just going to be supporting that game through expansions? Like how long is that game going to exist for? Yeah, I know. I don't even I mean they they rebooted it with new graphics and everything and yeah. I guess so that's I guess about can as they, good as I it mean, gets. That's why we saw sequels back in the day with you know, like EverQuest 2 and what's another uh Oh gosh, what's the other 
Oh, the fr- Guild Wars the f- 2. Guild Wars 2, yeah, because we had technical iterations and, and graphical fidelity improvements and all that. Now, you know, with, I feel like patches and and expansions can do those overhauls incrementally. So maybe, yeah. we'll, you know, they can just keep that game like, going. I don't know. But for me, Warcraft has always been, uh, back to Warcraft 3, it, that's been one of my favorite lore franchises forever like warcraft 2 is one of the first games i remember um playing on a on a, a macintosh of all things that's where i started on my, my computer gaming and warcraft 3 i spent a lot of time with so i was really looking forward to go back in this and i don't know how much i'm going to dabble in the multiplayer because as much as i like that in rts's man it just it's just too much i'm just so tense the entire time. You have so much it's anxiety. It's and all hot I don't know keys. What, that too. And I'm not Korean. I don't. I can't. My APM is not good. So, it's like Smash level. It's like me trying to get into Smash. This is like you trying to get into. <laughs> right. Yeah. For sure. Game. I mean, I, I will play with friends all day, but I I don't like the solo one v one RTS experience unless I'm playing against someone I know. Like Sean and I played at Starcraft, which was fun, and I, but I never played. I don't think I ever played Warcraft one on one. I did like two v twos, three v threes. I did free for alls, but um, I don't know, man. Uh, but I'm playing your... the campaign. The campaign's been cool to go back to and kind of remember because the story of that game's awesome. Who's your uh, alliance, or who's your the people you use? Oddly you enough, choose? in Warcraft three, I had the most success with human, which I never like to play human because it's like the oh, the basic bitch, <laughs> you know, yes. racing games, but. So, like, in StarCraft, I always preferred Protoss. And in Warcraft 3, yeah, human. I don't know what it was. Um, I, 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 I will take this as my kudos, is that John Edwards told me that I, he considered my human as his, like, equal. Let's face it, John wow. was, like... Yeah, he was we the closest. Was much better in all of the strategy <laughs> He was the us, closest so. any of us were going to get to uh, being on some... Yeah, he was damn good at, in Warcraft. So, yeah, um, he was. Yeah, just the combination of, you know using your footmen with the shields and that you bring archers and focus fire enemies. And then the, I like the human heroes. They had the arc mage and you bring down the blizzard and then you can get the blood elf. So you can do a combination of, I think it was firestorm and the blizzard to really do a ton of AOE damage. Uh, and then you get your priest for healing. You get your sorceress with dispel and polymorph. Get what about the knights, griffin riders? Get, get your griffin riders. Yeah, man. Hell the yeah. Whole, the whole shebang. You know what? I always liked the orcs. You know why? That's right. You got the time, I'm playing the work campaign work. and I kept clicking on peons. I couldn't get them to do that because if you double click them now, what? you would like select all of them instead of just clicking the uh, portrait. Maybe, a... or maybe I wasn't clicking the portrait. Maybe that was the problem. Stop poking me. Sean was in my stream. And he was like, it sounds like a horrible, like shitty part-time Yoda voice actor. Oh, yeah. Hear by it, now once you hear it that does. way, you can't unhear it. Oh, mm. Kind of like yeah. hearing Miss Piggy and Yoda, and you're like, oh. Lumber. Mm, yes. <laughs> Build more farms. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess I'm I'm not I'm not hating on it like everyone else, but uh, that's what happens when you don't have expectations. They can't no. get ruined. You can't have it, them dash. No, that's true. It runs like it kind of runs like poop on my computer. Well, the game runs fine, but man, it takes forever to load. I really need a upgrade, but with what's going on with the move and everything. I'm just not in a hurry to build a new PC. Cause I don't know how well I could take advantage of it. So kind of fell. The funds are, are, the funds are sitting there, but it's just not high on the priority list right now. 
Do you notice uh, any graphical enhancements other than oh, yeah. probably I widescreen? Mean, oh, and... oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, the resolution, but they redid all the textures and everything, and like the the heroes and everything look like way better. And like they actually the mouths move when oh, they hate, when nice. they're talking. <laughs> yeah, the, the units are amazingly upgraded, especially I, I I can't off the top of my head remember exactly what Warcraft three looks like, but I'm sure just in polygon count alone, you know, you're going through very probably a very simple poly. Um, designs oh, yeah, for, for the sure. buildings and everything, especially in the units. So now you actually have, they actually look like units. Like if you compare like StarCraft to the, the StarCraft remaster and look at that difference. So, seeing if I can of, find a, a comparison really quick. And just like uh, the StarCraft, you can toggle, supposedly, I guess you can toggle between the original and Reforged. At any time? At any time. Uh, well, apparently they did do a little bit to the cinematics, but not enough for people to... Yeah, apparently like one of those BlizzCon reveals, they showed like sweeping camera angles and new graphics for all that, and instead they just went back to the same exact way the cutscenes were shot in the original with like the in-game graphics. Upgrade. I mean, yeah, so they look better I'm... because your your visuals are better, but not like not like Retooled not, story. not a cinematic presentation like you know people were led to believe. Yeah, well, I, I'm I would. If I heard that, I would be thinking, okay, this is going to be on the level of like Warcraft, the movie, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, except for not with live action. People. Also, there's like no clan support, I guess, inside of like BattleNet, which is odd. And yeah. I read, I read something about that they're taking like much more harsher control over any custom maps that are made. So for people unfamiliar, Blizzard always had like you know there was always a map editor with the game so you could create your own custom maps that were then you could upload online and anybody could play and that's where dota came from dota was originally started inside of warcraft 2 as a custom game defense of the ancients and now it dota is is what it is it's a whole new you know battle it's arena thing yeah so they don't want that happening again so that's why they like they have ownership we can't make so money off ownership that restrictions out of your custom map properties that people make so how much is this again 30? uh 30 bucks that's not bad so that's really that's why I pulled the trigger. You know, I had money sitting around, so I was like, okay, I'll buy it. You can get the, get the base game for 30 or you can spend 40 and you get, like, some digital crap for the other games. So like, you know, some <laughs> Hearthstone cards, a pet. Overwatch wow, skin. Crap like that. that <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't play the other stuff, so I, don't, I just don't care. Only so Blizzard f- fanboys would want that. Cool, Cup, cool. Cuphead's definitely what I've been playing my focus on right now. Nice. So, nice. It's, it's fun. It's a fun challenge. Definitely not a Donnie game. <laughs> That's the benchmark now. Is is it is it a Donnie game? I mean, it's tough, man. It's a tough game. Those bosses aren't no joke. I know, but you know, nice. you've played it. I do, I do. Let me regale you with tales of movies, which are really just tales in themselves. But will you throw some bits at your Twitcher? <laughs> please no, please no. One person on Twitch said that one time. Okay, it was clever. <laughs> Let's let it die. Well, please. actually, if I've learned anything from the internet today, we should be talking about the wonderful 101 Kickstarter. Oh, we may be talking about that later. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, but first. So sick of it already. Let me talk about a couple of movies. Mad Max and The Road Warrior. I It's been a long time since I've seen either of these. And I got them on Blu-ray. And I thought i had seen mad max before the original uh but i don't think uh, so 
Is it Mad Max? Is Mad Max the first one or is the, is Road the, first, the first one? one? The Road Warrior is the second one. Now, there's a reason for that because when I watched The Road Warrior, there it was like, do you want to watch it with a special intro by some guy? You'd know him if you saw him. He reviews movies. Um, not Siskel or Ebert. Gene Shalit? Uh, uh, possibly. The guy did it for the Today Show. Um, Leonard Malton? Uh, he was. No, he was like a white dude with gray hair, if that helps. And he looked oh, like a librarian. <laughs> it does, actually. <laughs> it does? Oh, okay, yeah. good. Um, uh, anyways, so he had said, I, I decided to watch that, and he had said that basically what happened was Mad Max did really, really well in Australia, the, its native home. That's kind of more localized, wasn't it? Yep, and uh, everyone had... Australian accents. So when they brought it over to America because it was doing so well, we're they just like, okay, understand any of this. Exactly. They were worried that the American audience wouldn't be able to understand what anybody was saying. So they redubbed it. And oh uh, which means, I mean, you've seen a redubbed movie. It it's horrible. Speaking of dubs. Yeah. Speaking of dubs. Have you watched the newest release, like the Final Fantasy trailer, the newest one for the game that came out? No, I haven't. It doesn't, man. I know that. I love Final Fantasy. Are there voices now? Yeah, yeah, there are voices. There's, okay. there's voice acting. Oof. But it just, man, it doesn't sound good to me. Uh-oh. It sounds rough. It, like, especially because, you know, it, they're just taking the animation from the Japanese version and then, like, trying to match the voice, the mouth movement as best as you can. Yeah, like and they so do in just looks, anime. Yeah, exactly. And it just... Plus, I know with the trailer, like they have like either a theme going all the time, but it's just awkward silence and awkward breaks. Yeah, and I just I, I like Nobu Amatsu, but that song that was like in that trailer, I didn't think was good. Think was good. Sorry, come at me, bros. I know I'm gonna piss off everyone. Man, maybe I'll have to fan, find that for a Seven sacred, but. Yeah, Sorry, no I, when you said dubbed, I just like I remember when I was younger. It's like if this anime doesn't have voice act English, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> and but now, now you're the you other go way. back and you hear dub, and you're just like, oh god, it's so it's so cringeworthy. Especially like if you watch anything on Netflix, that's like what is the uh, the rain or the dark, which I think is a German. Yeah, uh, the dark. Yes, yes, I and have. And then have you that. tried to have you tried to watch the dub version? Yeah, I switched it's, it over because it's I, yeah, awful. I don't want to watch that. Well, and it's the quality of the voice actors too. It's not like they're getting people from Hollywood or anything. No, you're getting like this high school troop outside of third period to <laughs> record this. Jonathan, how could you say that about him? Exactly. That was you can do this. Careful, you might get a job on accident. You know how that So happens. anyway, back to Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so what happened was they did that. And so when it came time to make The Road Warrior, they decided, well, let's Evil Dead this whole thing and we'll reboot it and call it The Road Warrior so that in America, so that there's no confusion and we won't dub it over or anything. We'll just do a better job of making sure people aren't like, I might or, you know. Uh, Dango ate my baby or whatever. Put a shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> exactly. Um, a dingo ate your baby. <laughs> no, no. A dingo ate your baby. Oh, right. That's not I've been watching Australian films since that Martin Freeman traveled across the outback with a wee baby. <laughs> that was pretty and good. Zombies are trying to eat him. Um. So yeah, that's why I got rebooted, and that's why it's confusing. 
But uh, these days, you can just watch either one. So are they, like, essentially the same? No. So what they did was, in the first one, it's not nearly as apocalyptic feeling. There's not as much action. There's a lot of driving around. There's a lot of driving fast. But people aren't jumping from vehicles and all this other stuff. Not Their really gas anyway. delivery just didn't make it to the continent for like an extra two weeks, so people went crazy <laughs> for a little bit. Yes, exactly. Um, so the first one is about him losing his family. Now, they use that in the second one. So it's like the Punisher? Yeah, kind of. They use that in the second one. Frank Castle's pissed uh, Show about two minutes of that movie, of the first movie, to give you the backstory <laughs> of why he is the way he is now. Previously in Australia. <laughs> exactly. Um, at Outback Steakhouse. Uh, and Next time. <laughs> so now you have... <laughs> Wait, your... so someone stole his blooming onion and he got really mad? <laughs> yeah, that... Yes. Someone stole... Oh, wait. What's the difference between an... Uh, How to speak in, Australian. In Fosters. Beer. English and an English God. accent and an Australian accent. Is there a difference? I'm glad we think we're entertaining. I don't know if anybody else thought that it does, but I think we think we're. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That are ADHD compliant. That's, um, yeah. So all that said, the road warrior actually has way more of what we know now uh, for Mad Max, which is apocalyptic desert wasteland. The um, motocross how outfits. Tina, how much Tina Turner? Nope. None yet. I haven't watched Damn. beyond Thunderdome. Sorry. Uh, but there is the kid in the, the fuzzy boots and diaper or whatever who throws the boomerang and kills that guy's boyfriend and he gets pissed and is like, oh, for like five Is that the, the dude in the, the leather, the leather jockey and, yeah. the, and the hockey mask? Yeah. No, no. That's the leader. Uh, what's his name? That's his name. Gosh, leader. Ma- leader, ho- leader hockey mask and. Uh, Leader Hulkin. No, he was like the the other guy, the number two, who uh, had the mohawk. Poopy? Opie, sure. No, poopy. Oh, poopy. He said, yeah, he yeah, was a dookie. Who does number two work for? <laughs> so I liked Road Warrior much better. I give that a number hours four. Just to get through. I yeah, you can't blame me this time. And I, I still have this other thing next, and that's you cannot interrupt me. There's too much text thing. already. I'm already prepared for bad things. Okay. So okay, again, give me the scores one yeah, more time. Mad Max. It set the stage, but as an action movie and as like a Mad Max movie, I gave it a two and a half. It it's good, but it's actually kind of slow. And what would Adam bored. Sessler give it? He'd give it a two and a half. I don't I don't think we have enough time in this podcast to leave a blank that long. Out of five, oh. and then a four out of five for the Road Warrior. Much more <laughs> what we'd expect out of Mad Max these days in in a post uh, Road uh, Fury Road world. Now, this other movie I watched, basically what I did was I grabbed a bunch of Criterion movies from the foreign oh, section at the library. Yeah, Time to get hoity-toity. You're that guy. I am. Uh, so, one of which was called Harakiri. And this is a 1962 movie that was filmed in Japan. So, the background, this is a samurai movie. And the background to this movie is that it takes place in 1630 Edo, Japan. So at this time, basically after the war, the feudal lords and all that stuff, there's a there's a um, time of peace. So a lot of samurai don't really have jobs because either their lords were killed and they don't have anybody to work for or, you know, there's no war on. So there's really no need to have so many uh, warriors around. Basically, a lot of masterless or jobless 
samurai. We, we, I was just going to make the joke, but it's in there. Never mind. What, that they're Ronin? No, commit seppuku. Oh, yes, yes. So, <laughs> now, this there. is the important part. Yes, it is in here. This is the important part. This is where it comes from. So, because they're all jobless, they're really struggling to actually even feed themselves. What they'll do is they'll go to clans that actually still have uh, samurais and everything, and they're still somewhat uh, honorable. They'll go there and ask if I can, can I commit harakiri or seppuku suicide in your courtyard or somewhere in your, uh, your uh, clan establishment so that they can die an honorable death and they don't have to basically waste away and starve to death or whatever. Now, what happened was because of these samurai who are showing like their commitment to being honorable, these lords that were still left, these clan lords were like, oh, let me give you some money to, to help you along your way. Everybody started hearing about this, and now everybody's showing up and saying, I'm going to kill myself. Uh, please give me money, you know, <laughs> trying to show that they're honorable and hoping for a handout. So that's the background. You've got this situation so where... want money for a handy. Basically. Yes, exactly. So you've got all these Ronin showing up and trying to get money from these clan lords, basically. Wasn't there a cartoon called, like, or no, it was like a Saban show, like called Ronin Warriors or something Yeah, like yeah, yeah. They were kind of like, uh, they wore special samurai armor and all this stuff. And yeah, they were pretty cool. But I only watched like five episodes. Then we didn't have mm-hmm. Cartoon Network anymore. Uh, so oh. that's the background. Now, the story takes place that a, a, another Ronin named Hanshiro shows up to this clan where they've already had this happen and asks to commit Harakiri in the courtyard. Uh, and before he does that, they're like, yeah, sure, come on in. <laughs> yes, Paul. Suzuki Kawasaki. Uh, forget it. Punch in the face. Honda <laughs> Mitsubishi! Um, so before that happens, he tells this clan about a story about a guy who came before him. And it turns out he's part of what his clan? family. The I don't know. I didn't write it down because I figured you wouldn't care. See, I'm, what, I'm one what? step ahead. <laughs> What about were they dong doors? No, no dong doors. No damn dong doors. Uh, so basically, he tells them a story about his family, this clan that he's at, and how this horrible deed that happened before he got there brought them all together. Was it a dirty deed? It was done dirt cheap, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just in a weird mood. And I'm just <laughs> that's, gonna... o- that's okay. Uh, so basically, spoiler, the guy who came before him who did this was trying to earn money to uh, cure their sick child. And that guy married the other guy's daughter, the Hanshiro. And so they forced him to kill himself uh, because they knew he was looking for money. So instead they were like, oh, no, 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 you're going you're gonna to do this. They forced him into it. And it turned out he had sold off his samurai swords and replace them with bamboo blades because he was he was so Beyblades? <laughs> yes, Beyblades. They he was so poor that uh I think I'm funny everybody. That was the last bit of uh money that he could get cuz again, no job for him. So he goes there trying to get money for his sick and dying child and they force him to commit seppuku with bamboo blades. So now this other guy comes back and gets uh, his father-in-law comes back and gets uh, revenge on the people who forced him to do this. Tells this whole story. 
Yeah, it was pretty cool actually. It's a real. I gave it a four and a half. I know it's yeah. really hard. It's really hard to like tell you why I would give it a four and a half without explaining all I of this like, history. I feel like especially um, any movie like that description isn't going to do it justice. No, you have to, not like, at all. Watch it. And the good thing here, and what impressed me so much, is that for 1962, and for being like a black and white film from Japan. The cinematography is actually really, really good and very uh, modern. Like, I was surprised at how usually, because I've watched some other samurai films, and a lot of the scenes are set up almost like plays, where there's, like, Mm -hmm. people in the foreground, people in the background. The camera never moves, and they just kind of, you know, act out a scene, and there's really no cuts or anything, or hardly any. But here, it felt much more modern than it really was. So I was really impressed, you know, other than the mono audio, but you can't yeah. really get away from that. Right. So unfortunately. You can't fix that. Uh, so yeah, four and a half. Harakiri, really good. Uh, if you like samurai movies, I would start here. It's not as action, action uh, heavy as most samurai movies can be, uh, especially compared to like Samurai 7 or whatever it's called, but uh, it's so good. When's, um, when was the last time, you, speaking of like, you know, Ninjas and samurais. When's the last time you saw like the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Uh, the nineteen the you the live action movie. Yeah, especially fitting that Paul's in the chat. Uh, it's I showed Danette the movie. My wife, my wife, uh, probably five six years ago. Because we were at we were at the um you know we went out to dinner on Friday and um the uh my wife got we got her my wife got her nose pierced again. And they were playing. They had that on at the the shop we were. Oh. So I was like watching it, and it was like it was at the scene where they're at uh, in the farmhouse, you know. Oh yeah, for a bit. Master so, Splinter. But man, I haven't seen it in a long time, and I was just like sucked in. I was just like, oh. it's so good. It's, it's surprising. Like, it brings you right back. But tell you what, man, that scene where you see Donatello laugh, you can't unsee. Now that you <laughs> know what's teeth. coming, you can't not see <laughs> in the mouth the inside teeth inside yeah. the you know the mouth. You can't yes. not see that when it happens. You're just like, oh my god. I was I was waiting to see uh, Sam, uh, oh what's his name? Because he plays like nondescript thug number two. Um, guy plays Hammer in Iron Man, and then uh, and he's in Moon. And uh, oh Sam, oh you're right. Uh, God, Sam, I can't think of his name. Oh, I can't remember. why is and I, and I can't get over how young Casey Jones is like that actor back then. But Sam Rockwell, thank you, thank, thank you, you Paul. Gosh. We, we are dumb and we can't. Sam Elliott. <laughs> I'm gonna kick your ass with my mustache. <laughs> so, uh, but now I'm gonna have to watch like the whole thing. Actually, like, I would like to watch. I would like to watch Secret of the Ooze because I, I watched that. Like, that one's on pretty good too. Yeah. As a kid. Pizza dudes got thirty seconds. That's all I remember. Uh, Paul, why are you here too? Because I know that the the guy that played Kino was inside the suit of one of the turtles in the first film. But he wasn't in. He didn't play a turtle in the second film, right? So, and weren't and, the weren't the bodies or the makeups different too for the second film? I would think the animatronics were probably a little bit improved. And yeah, yeah well, yeah, the suits were different too. I yeah, they're like a little slimmer and yeah, not I'm sure. Bulky. It was probably I probably well, I would think the budget was probably increased, so they probably had a little more to work with. Yeah, that was it's interesting funny. in the. Um, the TMNT episode of the toy show, how the toys that made us when he was talking about like 
nobody believed that kind of a serious darker take on TMNT yeah. would actually work. And also, Corey Feldman as Donatello is just like, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> you just can't, can't do it. Okay, sorry. Tell me about that's okay. Well, well, we're, I'm on to my last thing. Tetris effect. I talked Thank about God, it a little bit. I want to talk over top of you. Uh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Just... It's, it's okay. You're 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 having fun, <sighs> and that's what's run. important. I've had a run day. It's okay. I'm surprised you're not drinking something besides bubbly. Is there just pure vodka in there? Nope. Nothing. So you're just gonna say you're high? <laughs> kind of sound life. Oh, okay. Okay. Speaking I'm not of Michael McDonald, that's, I was gonna say quick, not the true quick aside. I watched a movie with Shame him on plug. Sunday. We can no longer call him Stoner Mike because he does not. He didn't come to my house high, and he does not have pot in his house right now. So he's making a change. He's making well, a change. Oh, I was gonna say, is he just poor, poor pot, Mike? Or is he no, no, not poor. To? No, he's trying. He's like, I think I have a problem. <laughs> well, yeah, you're stoned all the time. Mike, if you're listening to this, you were stoned all the time. Yes, I was actually somewhat concerned. I was going to say something, but then you you brought it. You, he was he's fine. He brought it together in the end. He's he's he doesn't need to hear me. He's all fine. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so Tetris Effect. I talked about this book and how I was reading it, but I have now since finished it. It is very good. If you like console wars, it's similar but not quite as gripping. Uh, you know, there's not as much industry talk or intrigue it's actually more about uh getting the rights to tetris and like that whole debacle and holy crap holy crap dude like so much rights bargaining one guy who gets the rights first so like the russians at this time are inexperienced with dealing with rights negotiations and stuff because this is you know they're not used to exporting their stuff. Right? Have you uh, just interjected here? Have you watched? Because I think we talked about this when you when you brought it up last week. Have you watched um, the gaming historian's Tetris video? Not the Tetris one. No, I've watched his other stuff. His but... Punch Out's really good. What his Tetris yes, one's like awesome, and that's like four. I think it's like forty five minutes. So I was just I'm curious, like how much overlap like, there is. Got, yeah. Well, I'm just curious of how like you've read the story. I wonder how much. Yeah. Like he got right with that too. Maybe I'll have well. to watch it then and see. It's good. It's, it's really good. Uh, yeah. I liked his punch out one. Uh, so yeah, they had this thing called Elorg, which was uh, an abbreviation for a really long Russian name that basically meant we're going to take care of all the electronic video game uh, properties that come out of Russia and we're in charge of licensing and, and, and all that. So that's that's what this guy, this first guy who found Tetris, had to deal with. He had to talk to this Elor guy. And they were so inex- inexperienced, didn't want to... Uh, they had to nail down all the terms for specific things, which uh, it's understandable. But for him, the guy who's getting this deal, he's just like, I just want to get this out there. We'll, we'll nail down the terms, the specific things later. So he starts selling the rights to Tetris before he had anything signed oh, yeah, yeah. in paper. So that all is happening. And basically by the end, Nintendo swoops in, right? Because they have their secret project, the, the game boy, and they mm-hmm. want to pack in Tetris with it. And a guy named Hank Rogers is the guy is sort of the guy who, uh, who, uh, who talked to who is at Arakawa or, Okay. Arakawa and was like, hey, you know, you could do Mario, 
and then you get, you know, your demographic from eight to 16 or whatever, or you could do Tetris, which everybody is, it's on fire right now with everybody (laughs) pack that in. And now you've got everyone buying a game boy. There's a good story um, that I think I can't remember if it was IGN published and it talked about um, how this guy got all the distribution rights to everything Nintendo in mm, Sweden or Norway. I can't remember. Yeah, he just lied. And then he got he became like the distributor partner for eventually was like Nintendo of. I don't remember, but he made and they, he it paid off because he made a crap ton of money. But it was also a good partnership for Nintendo as well because he like helped get them into that that region. But it was kind of like that same thing where it's just like this weird dealings and um going back to Tetris. So like, couldn't they like they had to like was it like Telex? Wasn't that how yep. they did? Yeah, they they, to, that was like, the first form of communication. Yeah. So that original guy who wasn't getting anything signed would have to telex every like week or two before he, you know, that's how long it took before they would respond. Right. So eventually, you know, this guy named Hank Rogers, who was the guy who talked Arakawa into doing it, actually flew out there and they took Howard Lincoln, which was a Nintendo lawyer who worked on uh, Donkey Kong in that whole case about King Kong versus Donkey Kong. So they swoop in and I... On the side, they also have Tengen or Tengen, who was also given rights by that original dude to start making Tetris. So they started like printing out a bunch of Tetris cartridges. Meanwhile, also breaking the lockout chip on the Nintendo. And that turns out that they didn't actually reverse engineer it. They lied their way into getting the patent for the lockout chip. And so that came to light and then they got blasted in court for doing that and couldn't no longer sell Tetris. So that's what Howard Lincoln came in and did was like, all right, uh, we're getting all of these rights in Japan for the Game dude, Boy handheld. Howard Lincoln always, everything I read from Council Wars and this, he just kind of strikes me as a guy you don't want to F with. No, they literally called him an, an attack dog. It was basically Nintendo's attack dog when it came to lawyer stuff. Yeah, he sounds like he would lawyer the hell out of you if yeah. you did something wrong. So, uh, in the end, yeah, it was actually a really good book. Maybe a little bit too long. Uh, could have been more brief on the in, in the beginning. But uh, in the end, yeah, you know, a lot of intriguing uh, industry insight and happenings and wheelings and dealings. I thought it was pretty good, so I would recommend it. Tetris Effect by Dan Ackerman. So, that's uh, that's everything. Oof. That's everything. Whew. I want to. I kind of want to read it, even though I know a lot of the story. But I kind of want to read it. Like I, f- I found that, um, like the tech and gaming nonfiction, and I just like, I eat it up. You know, yeah. just like from Duke Masters of Doom, Console Wars, Into the Future, everything like that. I just I love. So, um, I actually might reread Console Wars at some point. Um, hey, but that's it. We made it through there. We did. We did it. We did it. Yeah, uh, Lucas had a great idea that we stole from another podcast that you may have heard of. We won't mention them because they're much better and more popular than us. We, you know, we get submissions on Twitter or on our Discord of wacky news stories, usually about Florida Man that we talk to in around the web section. But uh, Lucas called people out instead and said, "Hey, give us something. Give us a story. Ask us a question. What's the and, story, Morning Glory?" Um, 
And literally within Shake and bake. less than a minute or two, pretty much everyone I called out was like, okay, here you go. Here you go. And amazing, because it doesn't work that way other I think if ways, you use Twitter, right? there's an there's a feeling that you can get to it when you get to it, <laughs> as opposed to Discord, which is like, I can just immediate it's it's the chat versus post like it's basically a bulletin board as far as i'm concerned so either way we thank you uh do you want to take these yeah i will take these i was gonna say i haven't looked at any of them either so they're all no i haven't so uh first one came from kevin austin he sent us the article to discuss yes as we alluded to and this is from engadget the wonderful 101 remaster smashes kickstarter goal in hours with the new version coming to switch ps4 and pc so yes. um, those unfamiliar wonderful one one hundred one was released by Plat was uh, developed by Platinum Games and released by Nintendo on the Nintendo Switch back in I don't know what year I actually had no. played the wonderful one hundred one because I heard good things about it mm-hmm. uh, and I got it through that game trading site I was a part of so I, I played most of it I I mean I. <sighs> It's fun. It had some humor to it, but for me, the game got really long on the tooth, and it just kept going. I remember you. Going, oh no, no, no! And going. I'm getting this confused with Beautiful Joe. I could see why. I mean, visually, they look um, similar, like, especially the, like the artwork of the the, the characters. Yeah, because you know, I remember the, you the were you were you loved Beautiful Joe there for a while when it first came out, but now I wasn't good at it. Really. I forgot I had that game. I wonder if my brothers still do. I think wow. everyone forgot about that game. <laughs> um, so anyway, it, it didn't was not successful, at least in terms of financial, um, because let's face it, the Wii U had a terrible install base and it just you, you have such a low exposure due to that alone. Well, it was rumored and it's always been rumored to be like a, a port anyway. But yeah, out of nowhere, mm-hmm. it hit Kickstarter and just exploded. I mean, the, the the amount of money that was coming in, um, you can just watch the numbers update. It is mind-blowing. Like right That's now, crazy. let's see. As of the recording of the show, 9.30 p.m. on Tuesday evening, there are 19,528 backers. It just went up as I'm talking, and we're at one almost at $1.3 million pledged of original $50,000 goal. So doubled it, basically. Uh, doubled it. Or what did you say? Sorry, I wasn't. One point three million out of oh, a fifty thousand so dollar goal. It then, jeez, wait, fifty? Uh, fifty thousand. They thought they were going to do this for fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. So triple fifty is one hundred and fifty thousand. Well, yeah. I th- sorry, we're I point, we're at one point three million. Yeah. Sorry, that's a lot more. I, th- I I assumed they would have asked for five hundred thousand. I guess. I, I don't know. Forty and over must not it's coming. Be it's that coming hard. out in April. So the game was pretty what? much done. done. So I don't know. I, I'm trying to not get like, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm not interested in playing this again. Um, so I won't be picking it up. I mean, if someone wants to, that's great. I, and I, like, I know Kevin and um, Kevin's very um, leery and upset about the fact that we have, you know, in this case, you know, um, Platinum Games is a, is a developer, and they, the reason that they said they want to go to Kickstarter is because they want to be able to self-publish this. Um, this was originally a Nintendo exclusive, and Nintendo gave them the okay for this, and then you know they have the the funds so they can go multi 
platform release with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I had a weird feeling when Sony went to Kickstarter to Shenmue. You could do that whole Shenmue 3 or whatever the remaster. I can't even remember. Yeah. Yeah. Happening. That felt weird to me. Um, this kind of feels that way a little bit. Like Kevin's, I think is is that like he. What's to stop other developers doing this instead of like you know we already talked about how pre-ordering is a stupid practice we shouldn't keep doing, but now we can do this and I I, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, but I guess yeah. ultimately you know you know I've backed things on Kickstarter. You know I've backed indie game indie developers on Kickstarter. I mean, uh, is this a, is this the same thing because they're a larger scale studio they have access to more money. I mean, Platinum Games has always been is still independent, but you had, you'd have to think that other other companies have tried to acquire them and have made them offers to bring them in house because they're they you know yeah they've had a a interesting track record over the years, but they're a pretty talented group. You know, let's face it, they've with hits like uh, they've you know Bayonetta and Transformers. Devastation and, was more of like a minor hit, but still a pretty solid. Yeah, game. I mean, and they've had some misses, but they overall, I think they they're successful. Um, I just, I don't know what to make of it, man. It, it, I will say it's, it's, it's very interesting to watch the success that this has had. I did not think, here's the thing we're bracing back to is like, where were these people? Every, I, it feels like, and I think Donnie has said this too. It very much feels like this whole momentum snowballing effect of just the internet and like because of the switch and people are like, Oh my God. Yeah. Switch. Oh, yeah. I want to be part of it. Just more things, more things. Where were any of these people for the Wii U? You know, none of these people <laughs> played the game and there's, you know, I, you know, people that enjoy it in the Wii U could have that stance. Well, I want other people to experience this game. I, okay. I don't feel that same way. I don't want to, you know, I just, Oh, look, it's already there. I think like it's it's gained like six backers just since we've been wow. talking. I mean, it, it's crazy how 30 days to go. I've yeah. literally never heard anyone talk about this game except for when it came out. Well, and here's the thing. I think it's going to be much more enjoyable to play now because the game relied on some very frustrating tablet controls for the game, Wii U game Wii U gamepad where you had to like draw a circle or draw a hand. Oh. You had to draw shapes to like you can either draw the shapes on the gamepad or you have to use the analog stick to draw them out because you have to do different commands with your characters to like, that sounds you know, horrible. for those unfamiliar, like the Wonderful Wonder One or a superhero fighting team and they can group together to do devastating attacks based on which hero, like giant fist or a giant hammer or a giant gun or a giant whip. You know, it's all these weird magical, like superpower attacks they can do and you had to lasso your units on the screen and stuff like that. It was, it's weird. Interesting. um i don't know lucas i mean what do you think about like what are your thoughts i'm kind of rambled here but i mean on the one hand i'm weary i'm leery about uh people these companies who should be able to just make a game on there i mean like right especially something like this you don't need yeah like i don't i don't feel like there was like ill intent here yeah no but but what i like what i don't like is like the it was done yeah, uh, and now it's, and let's say was are were they going to just be able to release it on the Switch digitally? Otherwise, I I don't know. That's what feels weird to me is like I can see when like the campaign when they're like, hey, we're thinking about doing this, but we need your help. Yeah, and then they start it. But this is like 
80% done? It almost feels like pre-orders, done? kind of, you know? And and do you think this is like a marketing ploy? Because look at this game got crazy amount of attention. And they've already successfully sold how many thousand copies already. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this turns out for future companies who decide to do this because it could be really awesome and show support for games that may not have gotten a remake or uh, a, a sequel or, or whatever. Right. But at the same time, it could be abused very easily and a way for companies to be like, all right, let's start this. See how far you get. We'll put something up on Kickstarter and depending on how well that goes, we'll see if, if this game, cause you know, they, they don't have to, do they have right. to deliver a product if they hit their Kickstarter goal? No. Okay. You don't have to. There's been, if you look into it, there's stories of bad Kickstarters. Like the most, I think the most successful Kickstarter ever, I think, is like the stupid cooler that had like speakers <laughs> and did all this crap, but it was like too like expensive to manufacture. They couldn't fulfill the orders. I don't think they, I don't think the campaign ever like successfully sent everything out to every backer that it was owed. Oh, wow. So, I mean, there's definitely like campaigns like that, that have failed, you know? Um, I, I think if you go back to, um, do you remember strip search, the penny arcade? Oh um, yeah. Yeah. The- serious. So like, I, I don't really follow her anymore. Um, but the one artist, Lexi Douglas, like she started out, let me see if I can still find it. Um, right around the time, like she, probably to capitalize on the the everything that she got from that series, she started her own Kickstarter because she didn't win, obviously. So she started a Kickstarter for her own webcomic series mm-hmm. called The Cloud Factory that she did. And let's see what it hit. She had a goal of seventy five hundred, and she had seventeen hundred backers and earned eighty three thousand dollars. Damn! So it destroyed her goal. But then she never, re- I think, of the comic, I think maybe six actual, like, posts were made. And, like, she didn't fulfill a lot of the goals. And there are a lot oh, of people who are upset and felt cheated about them. But at the same time, she also had, um, you know, I think she had success. I think maybe that around time is when she started working for um, the, the, the developer that made uh, Gigantic. Oh. So, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, you know, like she had other commitments. Yeah, she that... had like, you know, professional opportunities come up that and she had. So, I mean, there's definitely cases where um, Kickstarters like fail. I mean, look at let's talk about something close to PSVG Swapfire. I don't know if that game's going to happen, but if it wasn't for PSVG, I don't think that game would have gotten funded. Wow. And only after the fact that we learned, we thought, yeah, the Kickstarter's going to happen. The game's going to happen. No. The Kickstarter was a proof of concept to sell to other investors that this game was possible. So it's helped. The Kickstarter was basically a proof of concept to help secure additional funding needed to make the game. I don't know if that thing obviously (laughs) led to that. Wow, that's that's too complicated. Just just because something like is successful in Kickstarter doesn't mean it ever yeah fruition. I think it's going to get abused. I think this is going to get abused. So crazy. Um. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, that chicken wiggle one, uh, Dudorino, seems like there's a lot of controversy surrounding that. Uh, Paul says the only back I think he done was Fireball Island and that took Spirit forever Splinter to... from when the Turtles media... Uh, meditated, uh, around the oh, fire. meditated around the fire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Fireball Island took forever to get out, didn't it? I think it did finally release, but it took... Because I remember the board with video games guys were talking about that. Clearly, that's like... Kickstarter is like the way to board games. They're like, there's always <laughs> yeah. stuff on there. Those yeah. guys are like kickstarting. Like those, that crew is kickstarting something left or right. I've, I think I've only, I've only done, wait, I've done some CDs. I did some albums. Um, the Andrew Allen trio, I did um, two of his albums. And then um, I was a backer for Broken Age. And I backed um, Hairbrain Schemes for uh, Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm playing that. <laughs> but still, I mean, <laughs> I, I did. You, you you just have to be as a. I mean, it's your money. You have to do your due diligence and be yeah. mindful of where you're contributing it, and make sure that it seems a reputable um, creator, and that you actually, you know, get it. Gonna get something get it delivered upon. Yeah. So. Do you mind if I do this next one? Because uh, I kind of yeah. know what it is about. You want to actually get some some words in tonight on the show? Sure, sure why not? Um, so Josh sent in. Uh, hey, I called out Josh, and uh, he sent in a weird news article, and he said the the first story. So basically, what this seems to be is a police report scanner. Uh, you know how, like in the paper, they'll print all the police uh, things that they responded to or whatever. I'm sure there's some uh, thing called whatever you call it. But yeah. uh, he said the first story in this long line of police reports. So the story goes as such. Matthew Davies, 47, of Dunfermline, Scotland. Oh, Dunfermline, Scotland, pleaded guilty. (laughs) I'm not doing this whole thing that way. On January 7th to assault and robbery in the case of a bumbling Bank of Scotland holdup in September, the Daily Record reported. On that day, Davies charged into the bank with a meat cleaver in hand. And a pillowcase over his head. So he looked like kind of a bad Resident Evil zombie <laughs> from or Resident like a, Evil. 4. Or like a stranger. Oh, yes, yes. No, no word if there were eye holes or not. Unfortunately, he had neglected to cut eye holes in the pillowcase. Oh. Never mind, there is words. <laughs> and therefore couldn't see, so he had to take it oh off. Oh, my gosh. Undeterred, Davies used the cleaver to batter a glass partition on the counter and eventually took off with almost. 2,000 pounds, cash, how did he carry it all, uh, casually wandering a, toward home, even stopping to pet a dog along the way. <laughs> Not a lie. It's, everything's fine. He's, uh, he's um, groundskeeper Willie, apparently. One brave customer of the bank followed Davies to his home and alerted police, where there they found cash in the pillowcase along with a stun gun. He'll be sentenced in February. And this happened January 18th. 18th. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean... <laughs> You can't, you know. You can't buy intelligence. Yeah, I mean. Uh, hold on one second. I forgot to cut in me eye holes. <laughs> I could not see. Where oh. are you? <laughs> Show no. me the money. <laughs> now it wow. just sounds like I fat mean- bastard. I don't know what else. He, yeah, he did. Thanks, Josh. That's a. That's I mean, what there's nothing else you can say on that. You no, can't, not can't, really. You can't I mean, that kind of stupid. And Cleaver uh, is a weapon of choice, though. Well, I can't on. say submission. Our last call out went to uh, that Ninja Dev. He sent us an article from Eurogamer. Has GeForce now quietly killed Google Stadia? Free access for all. Play your existing PC games library. Low cost sub for RTX ray tracing. Here's I, I no I don't think I don't think GeForce has killed Stadia I think Stadia has killed themselves I made that yeah. joke already. Is there anything to PSVG, kill there? But I think I think Google has done everything possible to bump 
to bumble and fail that launch. Well, I guess this isn't actually the full launch yet, but I, I, it's funny because when those guys that first started the channel and started the podcast, I was like, oh, this seems really exciting. And it was kind of appealing for a way to play certain games as my PC aged. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it's funny to watch the enthusiasm slowly drop, slowly drop, slowly drop, and the car runs out of gas and comes to a stop. Yep. You know, I just. Well, and I'm, I think there was a lot of confusion that this isn't the Netflix of gaming. Like everyone, yeah. like and I like, thought it was for the longest time. Yeah. Well, that, and I even like, there's just, there's no content there. Like, there's no, there's not like there's it's 20 games or, or, like that. or anything like that. So, Oh, I hope you do hear back, dude. You know that'd be awesome. Congratulations. Uh, so let's let's skim the article here. So GeForce Now is finally available to all users uh, hosting PC games in the cloud. GeForce Now ties into your existing PC library across a range of online storefronts, oh. allowing you to play your games on computers, smartphones, and tablets. 1080p gaming at 60 frames per second is the aim. With NVIDIA even offering access to real-time hardware accelerated ray tracing for users prepared to pay a small price premium. Which is more power, more titles, more flexibility, portability with your game's library. In theory, it's an impressive offering in 4K streaming apart. Its feature set leaves Google Stadia in the shade. Mm. So it was previously in beta. Um, So now it's out full release. There's a founder edition tier, which for us is $5 a month for the first 12 months. And you get three months free. Um, video says the founders get access to RTX 2080 level performance to put to the test. Um, they loaded up Metro Exodus and at 1080p resolution with all settings fully maxed out, including ultra level RTX, the game ran flawlessly wow. at 60 frames per second on the demanding Taiga stage. Ooh, so, Taiga. Now here's the thing. Does it, is it running off my hardware or is it just running off Whatever hardware, I just have access to the games library. Like it, it's not streaming from like my PC at home when I'm no, accessing. No, it's it's kind of like PlayStation Now, I think, where uh, it's running off from other hardware, but your okay. computer gives it access to the game or something. Like maybe it's connected to your accounts somehow, okay. and then it just okay. is like, okay, here you go. Yeah, I don't That's know how that works. Then. That's really interesting. So, man, Parsec, you're just getting crushed now. Why do we need you anymore? Yeah, that too. I mean, Stadia, yeah, like, the biggest problem with Stadia was, like, here you get all your games library. With Stadia, you couldn't even play your own games. You had to buy the games for Stadia, full price, and it just didn't really make any sense. Like, it was like having a console, but not really having a console at all. Yeah, and they've already, like, started, like, you know, the, the free games you have access to, they've already started to remove those. Oh gosh! From, like the cycle's that short already. I just, <sighs> and you're not playing anything new. You know, you're playing fairly old game, like old in terms of in gaming culture. Um, <laughs> Antonio asks, "Can we throw off the shackles of PC culture just one second? Top five reasons Stadia sucks." Oh gosh! Well, the performance was terrible. I saw multiple uh, instances where it didn't really work that well at all between. Uh, the controller lag, the input lag, and just uh, I, I from what I saw, the actual like visuals were fine. Yeah. It just was device the, support. Device support I would rank up there too. It still only works on certain Pixel phones, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Google and phones. And you now. can't, and you're stuck to Wi-Fi only. You can't um, even if you had like a strong um, 
data connection, you can't use it. Like some people, if they're at work, maybe they, you know that the Wi-Fi those those bands are are blocked, so they yep. have to do data. Nope, can't do that yet. Uh, Price, I don't know. library, <laughs> the commercials. Although I do like Reggie Watts. He, I mean. The commercials remember, sucked, but they were. Commercial yet. They were like they're on YouTube, and they were big surprise, and they were very kind of uh, um, uh, old old spice inspired uh, with very. Strange... I mean, I'm very like the the idea of everything that that that, that promise there is exciting. I, you know, I want something like this to succeed. I mean, let's face it, on live was doomed because there there's just the the infrastructure wasn't there. You know, yeah. the bandwidth wasn't there yet. Yeah. The idea is great, but we just weren't we weren't ready for it yet. Well. And uh, Tiger Shark from PSVG brought up a, a good point, and he was like, Steam Link, he's using Steam Link right now, and it's working for uh, all of his needs. He plays certain games on his phone, and you can do it over uh, the internet now, whereas it used to have to be... Used to have to be um, <laughs> sure they, they use a guy shaped as a boat as a boat to float into a TV or something. I hate it. <laughs> Talking about the commercials. Pretty, there's always purple clouds or something, too. No purple rain though. Um, so <laughs> it did worse than the Soldier Boy console. Oh that god, that is a the only people who bought the Soldier Boy console were streamers who wanted to show the so- Soldier Boy console on you can't their say it. It's true. You're absolutely right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's just other people doing it better. Look how long it took Steam to actually get it figured out and run stable. Like they have, feels like they have just as much. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh god oh yeah i mean yeah but valve is like i don't know they know just, what they're doing google doesn't do they have, know what they're doing though more like, than if google valve, if valve knew what they're doing we knew what they were doing don't you think we'd have half-life 3 by now that's true. i mean i just don't get it it's like I do you want to print money yes no like half-life 3 could suck and people would still buy it you can't tell me how much half-life alex is going to sell i think that's going to be incredibly popular i think they i think it's going to sell Gangbusters, <laughs> whatever that means, but that's what they say. But yeah, Valve. I don't know. They don't know what they want to be. Are they a game company? Are they a Steam company? Are they SteamPoweredGames.com? I don't know. I don't know. Shall we uh, do some IRL? Yeah, get out of here. Get out of Let here. People feel better about their lives as we tell them about ours. Lucas, Shoy. Shoy. So, my son, you know been doing the potty training stuff and he had he had a couple of good nights so we're like maybe you know what if he has to go in the middle of the night he can't get out <laughs> what if he's stuck what if his, he has to go what if he has to go in the middle of and the he's night? stuck in the room he's in a crib can't get out <laughs> what is he gonna do <laughs> we're talking about a baby here people so you know we made we had you know we had a about a crib that's convertible no top like you know why I don't, he doesn't need to get another bed. You take the side off. So sure. you take the side off. This bed, though, does it come with the side? You know, does it come with this, the secure, the the extra railing to make sure right. the kid yes. stays in the bed? Yes. No, that's sold separately. So we didn't have it. Ugh. My wife calls the company. They're like, you can get this universal one. It'll work fine. So we get that. Get it from Target. We'll try to put it on the bed. And it, like, doesn't fit right. It, like, like puts his mattress up in the air at some weird angle. It just doesn't mm. fit. So we're like... He doesn't roll around in his sleep. He'll be fine. Okay. So this is last last week Thursday. Do record we recorded Nintendo Shack with Donnie and Sean. Yeah, I heard done. that episode. It was hanging good. out, hanging out in post post chat. My wife calls me because I'm down here in the basement. She's like, 
I looked on the monitor. I can't find Aiden at first. I started looking the camera around. All of a sudden, I look, and he's like, she's like, he's on the floor. And sure enough, <laughs> he's, like, he's like curled up in a ball with his stuffed monkey, like sleeping on the floor. Aww. So I, so I don't think he, I, he, def, he definitely fell out of bed. I think I might have heard it, but he didn't wake up. Wow. So I That's had to impressive. like scoop him up, put him into bed. So yeah, we're like, he won't fall out. First, first 90 chance he gets, he falls out on the floor. Um, he fell into a box the other day too. I don't even know how it happened, but he like bent over and fell into a box and he like <laughs> bent in half backwards. It was like cringeworthy to watch. Um, so yeah, he fell on the floor. Poor so kill. needless to say, we ordered that uh, attachment for the bed the next day. He came and, back and, and you're like, we're here. I installed it on Saturday board. using uh, my manly screwdriver powers. Nice. You, you didn't know? have to use that tool you were bitching about before that came no, from my No, I didn't have to. So <laughs> nice. he loves it though. He yeah. was like so excited to have. I mean, it's the same bed. It just doesn't have a railing on the front now, and he thinks it's the greatest thing because he can get in and out of it himself. Hey, it's the most amazing thing. There you go. But luckily, you know, he he's never wait at a bedtime. minute. How is he going to know not to fall out of bed if he doesn't fall out of bed? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> he needs well, to have a little I, I brain damage. I was taking inspiration from uh, Secret Life of Pets 2. Uh, well, Rooster spoilers. Played by, played by Harrison Ford when he's like, so what? Kid falls out of the tree. Doesn't do it again. I've been an electric cord once. Or as he say, you know how many times I bit that electric cord? Once. Yeah, <laughs> That's all I need. That type of thing. So Nice. Um, but I don't trust him. I think he'd fall out again. But... Um, yeah, I don't. A lot of people have had problems. Like once you go to that the big kid bed, as they say, and yeah. kids like running around, but he in bed he stays in there. At nap time, that's a shit show. He's like throwing his stuffed animals, getting down, and getting them. It's a party. Back. It's all over. <laughs> the half bent backwards pose is called the scorpion. Okay. <laughs> I can see why. And that's all I wanted to share this nice. week, man. Nice. I remember those days. You got some sorrow. It looks like. Uh, actually, some good news to report. Some oh. sorrow, some good news. So I told you about the fish. And how they keep dying. Well, I went back to Meyer because Meyer is much closer. These fish are still 25 cents a piece. We go there. We pick out two fish. Okay. Golden white one and a golden black one. Goldfish. And we get them home. And while I was there, the lady was like, I don't know about this golden black one. He looks kind of weird. And I was like, yeah, he does kind of. And that was the end of the conversation. She wasn't like, do you want me to get you another one or anything? It was just like, oh, okay, I guess I'm buying this now. I probably should have said something, but I had Isaac with me and I was not really, you know, paying that much attention to what she was saying. And so we bring him home. That fish dies within two days. The black oh, and uh, orange one. We were, we were right about that one. So I'm like, all right. We knew this was probably going to happen. He was acting weird. He, he couldn't control like what, how he was, he would stick up at the top of the aquarium and like, he couldn't like swim back down. He'd swim back down a little tiny bit and then get stuck back up there. So I guess he might've had what's called uh, swim bladder disease, which is oh. their like air sac thing. Can't control their ability to go up and down basically. You know, just talking about this like fish, just remind, I just, I had that, you know, I had a goldfish while too and just having to clean the t- bowl. and this. Don't do oh. the bowl, man. The bowl sucks. The bowl is the worst. It's it's tough. We have the filter and everything. It's an actual like little aquarium. Bulls are awful. They're so hard to take care of. Um, so we, I went back when I got groceries. I decided, all right, I'm gonna buy two more of these little fuckers. And so 
I go there and I'm like, I don't know, just get two that look alive. <laughs> just give me the two liveliest fish you have that are 25 cents, please. They cost less than a, a freaking candy bar. Uh, I get them home. Happy to report we've had them for almost five days now and they are doing great. You know, part of me was, they say you're only supposed to have a gallon of water per inch of fish that you have there. But in my head, I'm thinking you've got like 80 fish stuffed into a 10 gallon uh, aquarium here and they seem to be doing fine. I don't think you've got a lot of people lining up to buy out these fish. They probably live like this for a month or so. You're probably scooping out a lot of dead fish, but we don't get to see that part. So I said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to get three. We're going to have three total. We're going to see what happens. Okay. We're going to do the the shotgun approach. Get as many fish as we can get. Some of them have to survive. And I'm happy to report that some of them have, including hey! three of them. So we got three now. We were worried that our snail died for a little while. He didn't move for like two days. And then all of a sudden he was just like, popped his head out and he's like, okay, I think it's safe now. Cause I cleaned everything before I put these new fish in. It's like, all right, mm. get all the remnants of dead fish out of there. Uh. Suck it all up. The filter wasn't working right because it was, the tube was jammed up and didn't, wasn't uh, filtering properly. Cause it's supposed to be running out at a good rate. You know, the filter, it goes through right. the filter and then comes back out, but it wasn't really just trickling. So I, uh, yeah, happy to report that. And then lastly, I want to, I for, almost forgot to mention that my mom came over with a bunch of records. I don't know who these came from. Some family member. I don't know. She told me it was a lot of country, but she knew that I'd lately been collecting records and stuff. She's like, you can go through them. I know there might be some Johnny Cash and some Statler brothers. And I'm like, I don't know who the hell the Statler brothers are. I don't want to know who they are. <laughs> I've seen their their record covers. I really don't want to know who they are. Uh, but I'm looking through them, and the first one I pull out, or one of the first ones, is a Johnny Cash record. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, wait, this has like somebody's signature on it in like ballpoint pen. Then I realize, oh, that says Johnny Cash. Holy crap. There's an actual signed Johnny Cash record in there Heck yeah. on a weird like demonstration album that was released, but for some reason that one was a demo that wasn't meant to be sold, apparently. And so, yeah, uh, the story goes apparently that, uh, one of our family members used to work on for Johnny cash, like on tour. So I'm assuming that he gave it to him as like a, or who knows a lot of people, right? Someone, someone gave it to him, someone on the involved on his team or something. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, did you know this is in here? And she's like, oh, it doesn't surprise me. Apparently, he used to come over to their house every once in a while, Johnny Cash, and go swimming. So I was like, this is all before I'm born, obviously. So don't, I don't know. I never saw him. So whatever. Well, Tom Servo's uncle works at Nintendo. So oh, he just, just went up to nice. you. Good. Bruh. Good. Well, thanks. Was, was your That's uncle cool, who man. worked at have, have Nintendo you, you Johnny Cash? Uh, no, I haven't. Now, unfortunately, these are the people who I think they got rid of all the inner sleeves. So they're all the records are just sitting in the cardboard. There's no paper in between. So they're pretty scratched up They're Not that that necessarily scratches them up, but that's a pretty rough way to store your records. Uh, I haven't listened to any of them yet. I have a big box of I've never heard of any of these people to deal with as well, because there was like 50 records. But uh 
Uh, I have some other Johnny Cash stuff, and this will now join the rest of the Johnny Cash. I somehow didn't have any repeats, so. The big book of British smiles. That's what <laughs> yeah. I just thought of when you started what? to say. What? <laughs> That's Bart from The Simpsons, the isn't it? What's that? Yeah, when Bart yeah. goes to the, <laughs> Bart goes to the dentist, and it was like when he has to get braces. Yes. Or something like that. No, Lisa. It was Lisa. Lisa. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lisa's braces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but it. yeah, so that was a nice little thingy that happened to me. And uh, I'll be posting that on eBay immediately. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Heck yeah, dude. If it was worth awesome. any the most money it probably would have been worth is when Walk the Line came out and everyone was like, oh, Johnny Cash, I forgot he was a person. Yeah, too late. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a show. Congratulations. That you is a it. show. We did it. I've made it. You've made it. You guys in the chat, you've made it. Listeners at home, you've made it. Let's do the things. Let's say thank you to all of our patrons, but a special thanks to our Arbiters of Awesomeness, Josh Brown, Kyle Hyman, Tyler Rowland, Tom Serval, Matt Knight, Patrick Sandoval, our Executors of Excellence, Edwin Callow and Josh Bonet, and please bow Ooh. before the Crusaders of the Legion, Dan Anthony and Devin Tyus. We thank you all for your support. If you want to join the Flux Legion on Patreon, check out patreon.com slash Bows. Now, it's time to play you all out into the Swift Night with an overclocked remix it looks like tonight we have a selection coming to you from, if the link would work, there we go, coming from Final Fantasy VIII, One Man and His Metal Gun by Pirate Crab. This is from Final Fantasy VIII, released on the PlayStation by Square. So I guess they were just Square at the time. They weren't Square Sauce, Square Enix, all that nonsense. 1999, music by Nobu Umatsu, who we actually, actually talked about earlier in the show this is metal it's aggressive it's energetic that means it's callow approved thank you guys for hanging out thank you for listening tell all your friends and we might be back next week and just remember episode 300 it all ends so enjoy it while you can goodbye